Welcome to Testimony Sunday. Look at all these champions helping us with the stools. It's wonderful. Well, I'd like to introduce you to Rod. Good morning, Real Life Church. Good morning. Uh, I'm on. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm Bethwin's other half. Yeah, and so this morning uh, we are going to share with you Testimony Sunday. And uh, so what this is about, please take your seats everybody, that would be a good idea. So as you've just heard from the lyrics of the song, um, which is Testimony by the Belonging Company, is that when you have experienced the transforming, redeeming power of Jesus... What can happen is you can live a life of freedom, of transformation, based on the fact that Jesus died for you on the cross. Not just the whole world, but you as an individual. You know, in verse 2 of the song we've just sung, it says, For the cross has changed it all. And what you're about to hear and experience is the testimonies of four different people whose lives were forever changed when they encountered Jesus. And God's word refers to this whole idea of each new day being a fresh opportunity to make a fresh start. You got that this morning when you got out of bed, a fresh start. And how you were going to live it uh, is just such an important choice. And not making the same mistakes as yesterday, but renewed by his Holy Spirit and his power living a life that is fully devoted to God and his purposes. And we see this um, described in Lamentations three twenty two to 24 in the New King James Version. It says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. And this morning, maybe you're new here, but we are a group of people whose hope is totally founded in Jesus. Amen. And so for those of you who may not have a personal faith in Jesus, much of your experience may, might be based on, on coping with life's challenges using your own strength and resources and surviving without God's help. But what we're about to hear in just a few minutes are some people's stories and what their lives were like in two different positions. The first, their life without a personal relationship with Jesus and what that looked like and felt like. And the second, the transformation that occurred when they accepted Jesus into their heart and lives. And so, the first testimony goes like this. Over to you, Rod. I grew up with mum and dad. This is not my testimony, by the way. I'm reading someone else's. I grew up with mum and dad and two brothers until my parents divorced at age 12. I quickly found myself drinking alcohol to bury my feelings at every possible chance. Once I began to work, it became a daily thing I did. 
This lasted for 32 years. At the age of 14, I was compelled by a belief in witchcraft, owning numerous books, including the Satanic Bible. The combination of alcohol and witchcraft led me to a very hateful lifestyle and state of mind, resulting in strong suicidal thoughts and tendencies. One suicide attempt was almost fatal and I miraculously came through. I believe it was because God had his hand on my life. I have also lost my brothers to suicide, one as recently as four weeks ago. As a result of my brokenness, I found myself homeless on two occasions, as well as several admissions to mental health wards because of alcohol and suicidal tendencies. On one of these attempts on my life, I ended up in the 2K ward at Royal Perth Hospital. It was then that my daughter came to visit me, bringing with her a Bible for me and simply saying, Dad, you should just believe in Jesus. Now, this was a major turning point in my life and I have spent two years and four months in a residential rehabilitation program my life is now on track and Jesus is central in all that I do and in the way I conduct myself. 32 years of believing in something other than God took a toll on me and becoming a Christian wasn't easy. I have been attacked in many ways but through perseverance and my belief in God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit I am where I am today. I have a great job, a wonderful relationship with my children and friends, and most importantly, a firm relationship with God. Praise Jesus for not letting me go. All for the glory of God. Amen. That sounds like your story, Andrew. Yeah. Oh, wow. There we go. <laughs> A- amazing story, Andrew. Please join us. Take a stool, Andrew. Yeah. How wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for that, Andrew. Wow. What a miracle your life is. And we're going to hear a little bit more from Andrew in a, in a while. So I recently heard a story about a girl that I would like to share with you this morning. This is how it goes. I became heavily addicted to drugs and my life spiralled quickly out of control until I hit rock bottom. I had smoked marijuana and cigarettes since I was a teenager and also drank alcohol. But when I started using meth heavily, I completely lost control. I took meth whenever I had enough money. My other addictions and bills took second place. In fact, everything and everyone took second place to meth. I found myself homeless and also spent some time in prison because my behaviour became more reckless and risky. I was no longer thinking clearly, 
But when you are in that state, you don't realise how lost you are. I was searching for God and the truth, but I was looking in all the wrong places and I was completely deceived. I thought at one point I had found God in a way, but I know now that all I found was the enemy's lies and demonic forces pretending to be light. I was open to all religions thinking I would find the answers by researching all of them together. As ridiculous as it sounds now, I thought meth helped me open my mind's eye and in doing that I was getting closer to God and hearing him clearly. One day on the meth I felt like I had no control over my body's movements as well as my mind and emotions. It was like God was showing me I was possessed. I was alone in my room and I remember clearly hearing a voice from behind me say, be clean. And I just knew it was Jesus. In that defining moment, I knew I was wrong in everything I had thought. I had been disillusioned and God had told me clearly to stop the drugs. My mind played tricks on me when I started to try and quit meth, saying, you're not forgiven and you never will be, so you may as well have some more. My mind told me that what I heard about being clean wasn't real, and although it took me a few attempts to completely quit, God's word did not come back void, and I did get clean. I was led to Real Life Church for the community program to get some food assistance while I was homeless, and I remember the love and respect the Christians showed me when no one else in the world showed me as a hopeless drug addict. I wanted to show love to others like they did, be around them, and learn more about Jesus, so I kept coming back. I quit meth marijuana and cigarettes by the grace of God and all the glory goes to him. Now I attend church every week and I have a great job in a trusted position, even with a criminal record. Praise God. I am working for Christians and I'm currently building my own home. God has been so good to me. And I am incredibly grateful for all he has done in my life and that he saved a wretch like me. If he didn't leave the 99 to come after me, I know I would have been lost forever. Praise God. Here she comes. Is that your story? That's you. That's you. Wow. How wonderful. How wonderful, Sarah. We are so proud of you. We are so... Give her another hand. So we've got Andrew, and you've heard his story. And we've got Sarah, and you've heard her story. Um, I thought it would be great in this moment um, because some of these stories are are incredibly emotional and moving um, because... People have been through really, really tough stuff. And uh, we want to acknowledge the, the huge journey that these, these guys have had. We've got two more testimonies. Uh, but what we want to do right now 
is we want to get around and we want to encourage and greet one another. And if there is anybody here who is new for the very first time, what we'd love you to do is to grab one of our welcome bags, which you can get. Anna-Marie's at the back. We've got Julie and Daniel here with bags. And if you have never been to Real Life Church, we want you to know how incredibly welcome you are here. Inside those bags, you can fill out a form so we can get to know you a little bit more. And as, you, as you're sitting there, regular Real Life Church people, if anyone's got that I'm new look, make sure they get a bag in their hand. But in the meantime, I'd love you to get around to about 10 people and say something really inspiring to encourage them this morning. Let's do it. Come on. Fantastic. It's great. Do you know, um, Rod and I have just been chatting with Sarah and Andrew, and I, I don't know if you fully understand the courage that was required to actually share their story. And uh, Andrew's just telling me he was awake early this morning, and Sarah just saying, wow, people are going to know my stuff. And, uh, and then uh, Rod's response was, hey, we've all got a story. All got a story. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I'm handing over to you, Rod. My mum raised myself and two sisters. When I was about six years old, we moved into a Holmes West house, which was a big blessing to our family. My mum's new boyfriend wasn't an old family friend, he was schizophrenic and an alcoholic. He sexually abused myself and my twin sisters from about the ages of seven to nine. There were uh, lots of different traumatic things I went through at this time. My mum had several panic attacks, anxiety and OCD, starting from when her brother died. At ten years old, I had a complete mental breakdown because of this trauma. I was suicidal and kept telling my mum I wanted to die. I had strong urges to jump out of cars and off tall buildings. I stayed in my room days upon days in deep depression. I couldn't go to school. Eventually I was medicated with antidepressants which seemed to help and when I was 12 years old I became more social and went to school. In my primary school years I can see God used Sunday school, a good news club and an after school evangelism program to help me encounter Jesus and uh, where I asked him into my heart. Around 13 years of age, my mental health began to deteriorate and I had feelings of self-loathing and hatred towards myself. I became bulimic and then anorexic until the age of 15. I started to read my Bible and call out to God because my life was unbearable. I was sitting on my mum's bed one day and I felt God lift the torment from me, just like uh, my mind and and my body became free. I was filled with supernatural faith, experiencing the love of God. I was able to start eating and the anorexia left. Throughout my teenage years, I experienced episodes of PTSD and started to drink and smoke. And at 16, I became pregnant. Throughout all this, God did many miraculous things. 
God helped me give up smoking and drinking, and in my early 20s, I was able to complete my education, finishing a course in community services. I spent eight years working for the Salvation Army as a child advocate and caseworker at a woman's domestic violence refuge and homelessness service. After a toxic relationship, I attended a challenge recovery centre where I was separated from my son. This was the hardest 12 months of my life. It was hard to submit and surrender my whole life to Jesus, but it had led me to an abundant life in Jesus. Jesus has continued to bring freedom to myself, my son and family. My family relationship has been restored and I now work as a school chaplain at a large primary school. I'm excited to see what God continues to do in my life and my family's lives. All glory to God. Wow, what a story. Beautiful, Sam. Wow, that's an amazing... Look at you. God's done great things. Yeah, tell, tell everybody loud and clear. Oh, God's done great things. It's wonderful. Amen. Fantastic. All right. Not so long ago, I heard this story, and I want to share it with you as part of our Testimony Sunday. Just a little background about myself. I was born in a refugee camp in Thailand during the Khmer Rouge Pot, Pol Pot War. I came here to Perth when I was four years old and couldn't speak any English when I started school. I was basically raised by my grandmother, even though my mother was around. My dad got sponsored to America when I was one year old and I have never known him. I was raised in a Christian home going to church every Sunday with both my mum and grandmother. My mum stopped because of politics in the church, but my grandmother never did and I was made to follow her every week to church and Bible study. This is where my faith grew. I went to a youth group and that, that was it. I wanted to be baptised. I was 13, but then a man came into my life and it took a turn for the worse. Things happened and I was ashamed of myself. I have always believed in God and Jesus, but I was very young and thought I wasn't good enough for Christ anymore. This led me down a dark road, though I believed I wasn't walking with God. I ended up having a child with this man that was five years my senior, realising after I had my daughter that this man had taken advantage of me, and so I left. I ended up marrying a Muslim man and was married for over ten years. I never converted, even though his family tried. I was strong and told them I was a Christian and believed in in God. I realised that Jesus had always been there for me, waiting for me, knocking on my door, waiting for me to let him back in to my life. Fast forward to 2017. A friend suggested Real Life Church to me. 
So I came in, sat at the back, right-hand side, close to the door. So I could escape as soon as the service was finished. I would come once every few months, but I would cry. I could never hold my tears back. I didn't realise then, and every time I came back again, the tears just kept coming out. But I still didn't let God in. I ended up going back to a Cambodian church, which did not help my faith. I ended up in another relationship where I spiralled away from God once again, but worse, after four years, I ended that relationship, ending up in hospital for mental health issues. I ended up losing a lot after this relationship and the devil was consuming me. I was angry, spiteful, I wanted revenge, I was upset and totally lost. I hated him and myself and thought I was worthless. Then Adam, my partner that everyone knows, was brought to me from God. I was seeking God but still felt ashamed of myself. I had been away from Jesus for so long now, in fact, over 20 years. I lived a life that wasn't pleasing to God. Now, Adam was attending a different church at the time, but it was too far when he moved south of the river. So I suggested my church, calling Real Life Church my church, even though I barely attended. My heart has always been in this church. Again, when we came, I cried. I had missed God in my life, and he was filling me with his Holy Spirit. I came in, but I wouldn't even sing, and I love singing, but I was still so very broken. I ended up in the hospital wanting to end my life in December last year. Again, God saved me. If I told you the medication I wanted to use as part of my plan, I had at home sitting there for over three years, and one day my son took it from the medical cabinet and destroyed only the tablets I was going to use. At the time, I was so angry, but looking back now, that was a miracle from God. Watching Adam's faith, I started to start praying for myself. I forgot how to pray. It had been such a long time. Then, every week, the sermons from this church spoke to me, but I was still too afraid to come up the front of the church. I realised God loved me and he knows everything about me and he had been watching over me all these years, waiting for me to come home to him. I started to read the Bible. I wanted to grow closer to God and and he saved my life. I am so grateful now and blessed and my depression is slowly going away. I have peace down deep in my heart, and whenever I feel down or start thinking about things that are no good, I go into prayer, and he always answers them. I feel so blessed. I wonder who this might be. (laughs) This is Ruth, everybody. Fantastic. That is absolutely wonderful. Um, Guys, 
Wow. Your, your stories have impacted, I think, everybody in this room today. And we're just so grateful um, that you said yes. So what I'd like to do now is um, I'd like to just ask you to share. Can you um, give the mics, take the mics to each person? So start with Andrew, please. Um, and Andrew, thanks for sharing your testimony. Um, so you, you said in your story that when Sam, for those of you who don't realise, Andrew is Sam's dad. Sam is, da- is Andrew's daughter. Kind of ghost figures. Um, okay. Um, you said that you were, were in Royal Perth and you were in a, in a very bad way and Sam came to visit you uh, in, in that ward and she said to you, you need to believe in Jesus. What was it about Sam and the way she said it or what she said that caused you to change your heart and mind? Um, mostly just the level of compassion that she had and just the humility with what she said. Just so simple. Just believe in Jesus. And, and so that softened your heart? Yeah, everything changed from that point on. Yeah. Yeah. I was persistent and he didn't always want to hear it, but he was very gracious. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, because you knew it was going to help him, right? Yeah. Fantastic. So, Andrew, what kind of happened from there? Sam has said that your heart softened. What was the next step for you after that? I just started to watch my behaviour. Um, things like swearing and carrying on and um, started reading the Bible and got rebaptized in 2015. Um, yeah, and through rehabilitation and believe in Jesus, everything's changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So thank you, Andrew. So Sarah, I just wanted to just ask you to share with us um, what were some of the different aspects of your old lifestyle? Yeah, so you, you're coming out, you're, you're moving away from the lifestyle that you had and um, there were some things that you needed to change in order to give up meth and, and the other addictions. What were they? Um, well, first I changed my phone number because um, I found that the people that I was hanging out with didn't have my best interests at heart and they would message me and try and get me back onto the drugs. Um, so, And just removing any temptations really helps. Um, also distract yourself when the cravings come. I used to just read the Bible and then the cravings would pass. So um, to do that and also, yeah, the support, you need um, as much support as you can, whether that's at church or um, counselling and just find new friends and, yeah, that helped. Yeah. So, so Sarah, what were some of the challenges in that journey that you faced? Um, just forgiving myself as well um, was yeah. a big tough one and the shame and the guilt and, um, yeah, so, but Jesus helps with all of that. So, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. It's wonderful. All right, so... Um, Sam, uh, what are some of the things you do on a daily basis 
okay, that um, help you to stay strong in your faith? Um, it's actually quite simple, just surrender. Like every morning, um, if you surrender to God, he gives you the strength that you need for the day. And I guess because um, I've struggled uh, to live most, most of my life, it's been um, Jesus is like the only thing that keeps me going. So um, he is that strength and like the, uh, the scripture that I go go on is like um, I was crucified with Christ it's not I who live but Christ who lives in me and he's the hope of glory so um, I just I think the biggest um, thing is just surrender and just praising God and worshipping him and staying really close to him um, through yeah prayer reading uh, the word of God and and worship yeah, is the main main ways and um, I think remembering who you are as well like for many years I struggled with condemnation and, and shame and I wish someone had told me earlier in my Christian life that, you know, when Jesus takes it, he takes it all and you are the righteousness of Christ, like there's nothing left. So, yeah. Fantastic. Wonderful. Yeah. So, Ruth, You shared in your story how that God is really helping you to come out of depression. And so what are some of the ways that you're finding God helping you to move forward from from that? Um, It's just like in prayer. So whenever I start thinking bad things or even doing bad things or I just go into prayer and I just really pray hard that he helps me to stop thinking about this or stop you know, leave my mind, you know, in the name of Christ. They just I pray really, really hard and it just just lifts. He just lifts it off my shoulders. Like and all my burdens and everything, I just give it all to him and he seems to take everything and you know, forgiveness, like Sarah said, like I had to learn to forgive others so that I could be forgiven too. And to forgive myself, that was a big one. It's just the shame that we had on ourselves. You know, um that was just the hardest thing and I had to learn to forgive myself the most and then let God forgive me. Like, I I think you feel like God's not going to forgive you, but you realise after reading your Bible and coming to church that he knows everything we've done and it's okay and he still loves us and that is what helps me through. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. All right. So, guys, um, what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to ask you, um, so if there's anybody out there this morning that is thinking um, and feeling like they're being impacted by the, the power and the transparency of what these guys have shared and they're thinking, well, maybe I would actually like to um, encounter Jesus, become a Christian, what's some of the things that you would pass on to them that you would say in their journey? Um, Thanks. Uh, just believe. Yeah. It is so simple. <laughs> just believe and surrender to God in the name of Jesus. Wonderful. Terrific. Ruth, what would you say? Um, it's okay to ask him for anything. Like, just ask him. Um, just pray for yourself because I started off praying only for myself 
And then as time passed, I started praying for others, started praying for the church, started praying for the missionaries, started praying for my children. Started... So it's okay to be selfish at the beginning. <laughs> Great. Okay, fantastic. Sam, what are you going to tell everybody? Surrender. Just surrender your heart to Jesus and um, it's better than anything else this life can give you. So the peace and the love and, and the joy um, and just knowing that you're not going to be separated from God for eternity because I can't think of anything worse than that. So, yeah. Fantastic. Over to you, Sarah. Um, I'm going to read Jeremiah 29:13. Um, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I reckon give him 100% of your effort all the time and uh, you won't be disappointed. Beautiful. Well, I think they just preached the gospel. And uh, so would you give them a a big hand as they they take their seats? And give my husband a big hand. (laughs) Thanks, Rod. Yeah. You know, the wonderful thing about what you've heard today is that the message of Jesus Christ is exactly what, what these guys said. It's really simple. It's not complex. There's not a whole set of requirements that you need to fulfill before you are accepted by God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a love story. It's a story about how God so loved us that he sent Jesus, his only son, to pay the total, ultimate, eternal price uh, for our salvation, that we could live eternally, that, that we were actually created to be in relationship with God. And I love the fact, um, Sarah, that you mentioned about the parable of the lost sheep and how that the shepherd leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. And this morning, God is going after the one again because he doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anybody not to know him and have eternal life. And so what we're going to do is we're going to put out, we're going to ask you to close your eyes, bow your heads. And in this this moment, um, I'm going to ask if the worship team would come. And I want to put out an invitation to those of you in our service this morning that may never have invited Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour, that you have never encountered Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. And right now, very simply, it's just so simple, just like that shepherd going after the one, Jesus is calling you this morning and he's saying to you, would you come? Would you trust me? Would you accept me? Would you invite me in? And you too can experience what the people that have shared this morning have experienced. Complete and absolute transformation. Yeah?
So what I'd love you to do is if you have felt a stirring, a response that's gone on as you've been listening to these testimonies, I'd love you just, uh, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, just to raise your hand nice and high and just say, yes, that's me. Lovely. Thank you for that hand. Is there anybody else here this morning? Yes, sir. I can see your hand right down the back. Thank you so much. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to linger a minute because this is the most important decision you will ever make. Is there anyone else who would like to give their heart to Jesus this morning? All right, well, let's stand together and we're going to say this prayer for those who have responded. Would you repeat it after me just to help those people? Dear Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins and come into my heart and into my life. I surrender completely to you. And I ask that you would be my Lord and my Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. If you were one of the ones that lifted their hands, we'd love uh, to talk to you after the service. You can come to the front. But um, what we're going to do now is, can we sing that song testimony again? You're brave? Yeah. Fantastic. All right. We're going to sing testimony and then I'm just going to hand over to Pastor David to to close our service. And uh, thank you so much for being part of this wonderful morning.